Welcome to the Show Off Project. Oh, and by the way, I'm Marilyn. And for 50 days, I'm showing off everyday women. It's part of International Women's Day, but it's also to bring a little cheer, I guess. A little cheer, a little inspiration, a little encouragement at a really tricky, exhausting, tired time on the planet. Today, I'm absolutely thrilled to show off Laura Sweet. Laura has an amazing story, an amazing heart, incredible insight and wisdom. She's truly leading her world in an unusual way. Keep listening and you'll find out why. Laura, welcome to the Show Off series. Thanks for having me. Now I said it that way because it's like you are so not a show off at all and it's part of the reason why I invited you because, well, let me explain. Before she gets to talk, Laura is in my Leisure World Academy, my circle. She's been a very active member. She has one of the most beautiful hearts and she keeps us all balanced. She's like the mother heart of the group and keeps mm-hmm. us balanced, keeps us grounded. And I really wanted to bring her on and, uh, and chat around some of these um, topics uh, and share her off with my world. So welcome, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> now, as we start all these, all these episodes, where is your accent from? Where are you living on the planet? That's interesting because I never think I have an accent. I appreciate everyone else's, but I'm in California, the the northern top uh, quarter, um, a little place in the redwoods, um, but also just 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 east of the ocean. So I get to mm-hmm. easily get to the ocean. But California is mostly where I've been from. I lived in Canada when I was really small for a little while, and um, I fantasize about going to Europe, especially because that's where most of my ancestry is mm, from. I, I I'd never saw this before, but just doing this series every single day uh, over the last sort of four weeks, it's made me realize how much I love this globe and how what a global uh, audience and global f- network I have. And uh, I think it's going to be more of a theme going forward. Laura, what is, what is your wow? What, do you, what is it that you do with your life? And I know there's, it's multifaceted. You're an mm-hmm. artist, but I'll let you describe it. My wow. What is it you do with your time, in other words? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, that, that's such a hard answer for me. I never, I never can answer that. I, I think that I just, I am like you and I see the world as beautiful. And I see the world as in pain and that's heartbreaking. My thing is, is I just, I want to offer healing like as a daily comeback home too. Like that's, it, it, it is our natural capacity to restore ourselves. Animals in the wild don't go to the doctor. <laughs> they don't have therapists, mm. right? They, they, but they experience trauma. The world is tough for them too, Right. So we have that in ourselves. We've just forgotten because we've separated ourselves so much from this beautiful planet. And so I, we, I see all of our really. See us, we don't see ourselves as nature, but we are, aren't uh, we? Well, 
but but I mm. think that that's that's the disease. So <laughs> really, it, it is the dis-ease that we have, that we have separated ourselves from from our natural environment and we don't know how to how to get back to it. And so whether we're talking about every little problem, there's a cacophony of problems to to solve in the world and we mm. we continually come at them as if they were separate whether we're talking about war or climate change or um, gender issues or race issues or, or all of those things. But to me, they're just this, there's a constant thing there that we can't get back to. And it it's answered in my mind when we just make a connection to each other. And when we're mothering, for instance, <laughs> mm, mm, right? Mm. We're, we're hyper-focused on that child and making sure that that child lives and giving, making sure it gets everything it needs. It needs air to breathe. It needs water and it needs food and it needs shelter protection. That's the, that's everything. Everything in life needs that. And I think that we can tie patterns, um, whether we're talking about um, how we see something Right. You have to look and pay attention to it to know what it needs. And then you have to listen if it can speak for itself. And then we have to learn what it's trying to say. And then we have to love it. To me, it's that simple. It's really so many this basic things. And the thing that stops us from listening to the our relationship with the earth is we've stopped listening to ourselves. And for me, I I didn't grow up in a supportive or healthy family. So finding my way through was kind of a, I don't want to say it was totally lonely. It wasn't like there weren't people who, who offered some, something, but figuring it out was, was kind of on me. And, and as far as like, you know, when you're talking about leadership, um, I felt like there wasn't that in, in, in my environment. So I did it, you know, how you, you gave, you called me the mother. <laughs> so I have identified for a really long time as With that taking charge mm. as the mother. Mm. And part of the reason I hadn't say gotten involved with my art or my writing at, a, at an earlier age was because I was doing that other job. <laughs> For so long, not not just the one that I chose to be a mother, but 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 mothering my my childhood, and then mm-hmm. at, when I became a mother, I became really um, fantastically and terrifyingly aware of how am I going to offer them something different, mm-hmm. you know, than what I started. So it just became clear that I had to be the mother that I wasn't. I mean, that I didn't have, and I had to become something that that I wanted for them. So I had to want that for myself so that I could show them how to do that. Mm, mm. Was that a gradual realization or was there a pivotal moment that made you go, that's what I need to become? Okay. There's, there's a few key places. Um, I had my, my aunt, my, my mother's sister, her older sister, um, introduced me to, um, self-help type books and things like that. So becoming aware of 
um, dysfunctional family situations, things like that. So she offered literature. So she wasn't close. I didn't see her very often, but um, she was the oldest sister in her siblings and I'm the oldest in my siblings. And I think that she thought she could help a little bit. So she offered me books and I was probably um, junior high, early teenager time at that point. And I probably had started to speak up about the things that had happened in my childhood, the um, early traumas, unhealthy. Mm. Yeah. Really, really unhappy, painful family. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There's a lot of love in it though. You know, like people want to love each other. They just don't know how. Uh, Anyway, so she, she was offering something when I got to um, high school, I took a psychology class. I, I was reading about, you know, Jung and Freud and all the other stuff and mental health. And I I thought to myself, I snap of a finger, I could be any of these issues. (laughs) So to me, that was a a wake up call to want to be healthier in, in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit, in, in, um, the things that I knew had brought me through to that point were my art. Even as a small child, I drew a lot, but I also wrote stories. I wanted to learn how to handwrite really early. (laughs) So my writing class, creative writing and, and my art classes were the things that sort of gave me a place to focus. Mm. And, um, and in high school is where I met my husband. <laughs> high school? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're high school sweethearts. <laughs> oh. I know, it's kind of dorky corny, but um, it's pretty cute. Um, I, I think that we just decided to be friends um, and that that was most important. And because that was always the most important relationship for us, we could work through other relationship issues. Um, because we were friends first. So we grew up together and it was 10 years before we had kids and we had two daughters and um, something about having very high energy, very vivacious daughters is you want to let them stay that way, not not be smothered, not be silenced, not be um, not be hurt by the mm. things that, that have hurt us before. Mm. Um, so they sort of saw me grow too. My, and it's not like I had all of my stuff together. Um, while I was with my husband and we lived in, in Nevada, um, I, I, was, I took some college courses um, and went through some child development courses and things like that. And again, just wanted to keep, healing things. And, um, and I always, I've always journaled. So I was always processing information, whether it was from school or otherwise Mm. to stay connected with the material and, and my own awareness of myself and what, what worked and what didn't work. Mm. You have, um, you have grown and healed with a lot of feminine energy. So you've been, which is interesting because often the self-help isn't, uh, it's, it, it's not often balanced in its energy and it's in its teaching. Do you think it's the creativity or the, the art, artist in you that 
helped that form? It's interesting. Um, I, I found a lot of really good and valid material to work with through through that the Jungian perspective. So my dad was was a, a poet and he read a lot of stories um, mm. out loud to us. And and um, so story is is a place and myth and 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 that really falls in line with with Jungian psychology. And then um, because I wanted um, to raise my daughters with um, with Waldorf or Rudolf Steiner style yep. of mm-hmm. education, I, I didn't I didn't have in our rural community a um, Waldorf schools um, weren't here, so I I did it at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but what's wonderful about before that is- we're before homeschool was compulsory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I chose to do that. <laughs> um, I um, so I I got a sort of a guide, a, a counselor that I that I met with regularly on the phone, <laughs> not even like this, and um, and she helped me with with her uh, workshops, every annual, and her material to develop my own um, school at home. Mm-hmm. And through that, through the stories, through the rhythms of, of um, Waldorf um, style schooling, and it probably ended up being a little unschooling too, but, but basically it was about following the seasons and about paying attention mm-hmm. to those basic needs, the rhythm of, of childhood or, or actually just the rhythm of the day. So, you know, we, we wake up every morning and we start and we have to eat eat something and, and, um, we, kids need to play and, and that's practice for being an adult and the work that, that kids do or the art that kids do, it's practical. Um, we think of play now as sort of the extra thing that we do mm-hmm. or only a joyful thing or only a spoiling thing. And that it's, it's not about, if you look at your animals, you have a dog, right? A beautiful, sweet. And so as a puppy, he's playful, mm. but everything mm. that he's playing at is what he needs to be an adult mm. dog. Mm. Everything that children play at is to be adults, mm. except that now we give them these strange plastic toys and, and things that don't matter or make sense in the world that they're going to use a lot mm. of the time. And, and, and we think, well, you can't play until you do your chores. Well, why aren't our chores right? Part of what it is to live. And so if we make, Mm. I'm going to sound like Mary Poppins here, but you know, a spoonful of sugar, (laughs) whistle while you work, you know, (laughs) it's, it all goes together. And, and I, I really loved that. And the raising daughters put me more in a perspective of the feminine Mm. for myself, because I saw myself in them and whether or not, you know, and the thing is, they weren't, they weren't not tomboys. They, they totally, in fact, when they met some of their cousins that were boys, they, <laughs> they were more rough and more tough and more, <laughs> more out, the, out there in yeah. the woods getting wet and dirty mm-hmm. than, than the boys were. But it was, it was environment. It wasn't masculine or feminine. It was just, you know, so I, I just tried not to get in the way and just, just hold space for them to to do that and what I love about Waldorf it is it gives children 
art and creativity as part of their language to mm -hmm. begin with. Mm -hmm. And I think um, some of your other guests, um, artists, you know, we use art as a language when we don't feel like we can speak. Mm. And so if that's part of our somatic practice of moving emotions through our body, then we can heal. But if we are stifling any of our emotions, whether we're men stifling their, their full spectrum or women stifling their full spectrum, we're, we're not going to heal. We're not going to be well. And we're always going to act in the world to fill that hole. So our, our anger hurts things. Our sadness hurts things. We make choices out of fear. And because we're not just processing those emotions, whether that has to do with our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, or on our soul. And I, and I feel like those points that I said earlier about the air, food, and the water and, and the love, um, you know, the shelter, that those all tie into those basic needs. Um, Isn't she great? I, I, <laughs> I can just uh -huh. sit. I feel like, Laura, I'm just sitting at your knees, you know, at your feet, listening to you. Um, it's like your mother nature to me. You're, you're a voice. Oh. You're a mouthpiece <laughs> of mother nature. It's just so wise and loving. That's. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm glad that that's how that make you feel. I, mm. I would like everyone to feel like they had, had that. Mm. I, the, the way that I wished I did, the way that um, some beautiful writers have given that back to me. Yeah, let's go and there. What, who's inspired you? Who's, uh, I know you're very into literature, you're into art, perhaps it's in that field or, or not. Who has inspired you for near or far uh, in your life and in your thinking? Sure. Um, well, first, I think it's just the people who are enthusiastic about that. So my dad was definitely that. Even my, even my mom, who loved poetry and, and stories and, and she provided as much of those things as she could, even if, even if other things weren't, weren't possible. Um, but one of the books that really helped me find somewhat of that feminine voice, but still was helping with the Jungian or masculine, um, not masculine psychology was Clarissa Pinkole Estes, mm. Women Who Run With Wolves. Oh, yes, yes, oh. yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, that was a book that I got a hold of a lot, um, probably while I was in Nevada. So 90s, that was that was pretty big. That I just almost always took a succession of books like that one would lead to another and I would journal with those and, and they would... Um, yeah, sort of looking at myself through that view, even if even if I wasn't sure I understood it. Um, Carolyn Mace is another writer mm -hmm. who who Anatomy of the Spirit mm -hmm. and um, Sacred Contracts is another. Mm -hmm. um, lately, Sharon Blackie, she's she's in I want to say mm -hmm. Scotland, but maybe Ireland. Shoot. Um, I haven't read as much of her stuff, but I love what I've read and I want to participate in, in one of her workshops. Um, 
uh, Tokopah Turner, she also is a Jungian and most of the quotes, if you're reading any of my little posts on social media, they often have her words mm-hmm. in them. Um, there's a few men though, John Donahue and um, David White. So they're just people who are really paying attention to that, the balance and the desire to be able to stand in between what's on the outside and what's mm-hmm. on the inside. Mm-hmm and see them both as a mirror of each other, Mm. that it's not necessarily about dark and light or Mm. good or bad or shadow or, or, um, you know, as if it were a negative thing, right? Mm. It's, Mm. it's about um, embracing them both because they're part of the whole. What, uh, let's wrap up with a couple of very quick questions or that you take as long as you want. what haven't we said that is on your heart that you would like to speak to the listeners and the viewers? On my heart. Um, I, I think that if we really wanted the best for our children, we would make choices that didn't involve the things that are hurting everybody now, you know, w- whether that's health care issues or education issues or war issues, because we would value those children and that they were whole, that they're whole now and that they need to stay whole. And we need to give them every best chance for doing that. And that means that we have to look at everything from that whole place. And that so long have we been perpetuating an an unwhole or unholy place. And (laughs) that's sad, but it's also possible to bring back reverence. Um, you know, we talk about journaling and gratitude and being thankful. So reverence is really important. Um, I don't know that it has to be, um, religious. I do think that, but that spiritual is also soulful and that, that that's the balance and that being able to be honest is mature. And so if we're all going to stand up as grownups, Um, then we need to fully mature ourselves so that we can help our children be fully mature. Mm. Um, Yeah. That word reverence is a beautiful word that is just, it's a little bit lost, isn't it? It's a little bit not used that much. It's not thought about that much. It's, it's a, to me, the word is really down in my belly. Mm. Um, You know, your, your, your mama belly, that place where, where things begin and where things end. So when we're talking about going full circle of something, um, you know, uh, that in everything that you do, you, you know, you, you, you look right. And then you listen and then you learn something and then you love it. And that's what to me, love is it's reverence, it's respecting. And we're doing that from I'm whole and you're whole. And if we look at our children mm, as yes. their wholeness, mm, mm. we're not, we're not doing a top down thing. We're not doing a less than and looking up for someone else to fix it we're looking at each Mm. other as equals that doesn't mean we're in the same place everybody's in a different place in that spiral or Mm. in the 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 image that keeps coming to me is that golden spiral do you know which one i'm talking about Mm -hmm. that that's that's a cosmic pattern Mm. it's it's in the massive cosmos and it is in the smallest thing and, and everything is turning like that all the time. Your in-breath mm-hmm. goes one way and your out-breath mm-hmm. goes the mm-hmm. other, but it's still in a spiral. And 
finding our way is figuring out where we are on the spiral and then continuing. Oh, yes, yes. And how you figure out where you are is you have to stop and you have to look and you have to listen and you have to learn (laughs) and then you have to love and you just, you know, and it just keeps going round. I think of that as a life cycle. You're first a child, then you're a youth, then you're an adult, and then you're an elder and you start again and it starts again and it starts again spring, summer, fall, winter. Um, our consumer society is only set in summer. It's all about growth. It's all about more. It's all about bigger. Mm-hmm. But that's not sustainable. We have to learn to rest. We have to learn to Let go. stop. <laughs> yeah. Die. <laughs> exactly. But, but Reborn. But yeah, instead yeah. of putting our bodies in a box that don't decompose, we need to put that back into the earth. We have to feed, give ourselves back to the earth. We are fruit of the earth. We need to go back in to start again. And uh, everything in nature demonstrates that uh, every single day. You can walk outside and see that. And we just need to um, go back and listen. chew with it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Just a gentle, soft, loving conversation. Very different. I'm loving how different every one of these chats are. It's the end of your life. You know, I'm going to ask this. It's the end of your life. I want to show (laughs) off about you. What would I say that would give you the greatest honor? What would bring a tear to your eye? Um, That I love my children enough to change who I was to to be who they needed and so that they could be who they needed and who they wanted to be you know all the creativity that we have is so beautiful um but that's part of our healing and it's also part of our gift and um yeah I just I want my girls to shine so if I had to show them how and that they got that that would be the best you're making me cry feel the emotion of this chat thank you laura so much for for who you are and for sharing your time right now and i look go check out her art and her writing it's just so inspiring and uh, every quote you know whenever you post something on social in the group or on your own page i stop and read it because it's always so profound and it makes me pause and read and that's what your life is already gifting to the world so I appreciate you Laura thank you I appreciate being in your group um it's been a lot for me it helps me um allow myself to be seen in a way that you know doesn't feel so important to me you know I just want to be a part of that spiral and I I just want people to feel like they're in harmony and I think that that's what those posts are about getting us there and um and being vulnerable in it and being being wrong too but it's okay to be wrong and to step back and try again and we all got to start where where we're at so thank you thank you